This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here today. Happy New Year. So excited for 2024 and all that's in store for this podcast, the running world. Oh my gosh, the Olympic Trials Marathon is right around the corner. So excited. Hopefully I'll see a lot of you there. And then the next day I'm driving over to Jacksonville for the Donna Marathon weekend. Gonna run the half. That's gonna be an epic weekend. Watch the Olympic Trials and then head over and run my own half marathon about 10 times slower than these people are racing a marathon. It's going to be fun though. If you are going down to Florida for the weekend, head over to Jacksonville with me for the Donna Marathon weekend. Uh, This is a race that supports the Donna Foundation that helps people walking through a breast cancer diagnosis. It helps support them with medical bills. It also funds groundbreaking research. It's an amazing organization and such a great weekend. Uh, Go to breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay 10 for 10% off all of your registrations and plan to hang out with me down there. It's going to be fun. We're going to have an after party after the race. I'm staying till Monday. So, um, okay. Today on the podcast, I'm so excited to kick off the new year with Erica Stanley Dotton. She is an incredible athlete, mother, and dang, she has a 252 marathon PR, which she ran in Berlin in 2022. Uh, She just ran 252 again in Valencia. She's part of the Black Roses New York City group. And she was the 25th Black American woman to run a sub three-hour marathon. So she's officially on the list, which is a really big deal. She works for Tracksmith in New York City. She calls herself a culture producer. I love that. And her previous jobs, she was a producer and an event planner. And so she's merging her passions for all of that with her passion for running with her job at Tracksmith. And um, we talk about that a little bit as well. We talk about Tracksmith a little bit in this episode. Erica has also crossed over that 50-year-old mark, which I saw somewhere. I think it was Kira D'Amato on her Strava. I saw somewhere she said she's going to call it leveling up. So Erica has leveled up to the age 50, and she's still running real fast, 252. It's crazy. And uh, we talk about that. We talk about running and aging and what that looks like. And she is super inspiring. We also started the conversation. And I'm like, how the heck do you raise kids in New York City? And so she talks about that too, which is fun. All right, friends, we are kicking off the new year with Lagoon Pillows. If you have no other goal in the new year than to get good sleep, that's really all you need. And these pillows are incredible. This is what's gonna help you sleep. You take a two minute sleep survey and it will align you with the pillow, whether you're a back sleeper, a side sleeper, if you want super soft, a little bit more firm, they send you with the filling. You can fill it up as little or as much as you want and you will get the most amazing night's sleep of your life. I am not even playing. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay and save 15% off when you use the code Lindsay at checkout. All right. Happy, happy new year. Enjoy my conversation with Erica Stanley Dotton. All right, friends. Today on the podcast, we have Erica Stanley Dotton on the show. Welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. Happy to be here. 
At long last. <laughs> At long last. The, the mom drama has kept us on both ends from doing this for so months. Crazy. Months, literally. I um This morning, though, you know, I think one of the first times I had to reschedule, we were having a lot of issues with one of my kids getting yeah. to school and anxiety and all that. And I just got home from this, like, they call it a moving museum where they're showcasing their work. Yep. And he was wearing sunglasses and a banana costume <laughs> and just happy as can be. And I Riding. was like, Lord, this is amazing. Like, Love this it. is like a different life than where we were three months ago. Oh, that's fabulous. I'm happy for you. Happy for him, too. That's amazing. I know. I Thank understand. You. I understand. Right? Yeah. Tell me about raising kids in New York City. <sighs> It's rough. I mean, you know, we don't make our lives any easier, my, my husband and I. So our kids, we have two boys, 10 and 12, and they're in two different schools because, you know, we want to make our lives difficult and <laughs> on opposite ends of the town. You know, it's just like New York City. I mean, I love my I love the city. I love New York. I'm a New Yorker. I love cities in general, but it's not easy. It's not easy, mm. you know, and, and, and we have we're the good news, right? We have space. We have, you know, we don't really have a lot to complain about but it's still really hard. It's hard. I'm fascinated by it because I just can't imagine. I cannot fathom. So if you're at two different schools, is one of you taking one, the other one taking yep. the other? Yep. I mean, you know, my 12-year-old can go alone now, you know, which is helpful, but like my husband will take him. They go in the same direction. And then I drive my 10-year-old every day, which by the way, there's a school bus that leaves around the corner from our house that he doesn't want to get on. So I lose ah. my spot. Oh, and then, and then, you know, there's parking spots. You lose your spot on the street. Cause you know, as soon as you pull out, someone's pulling in. I mean, it's a mess. Like it's <laughs> every, so stuff. you're car people, you have a car. We do have cars. I'm a driving New Yorker. I've always been driving. Like people are so surprised by that. Like I drive, I love to drive in New York. Cause I like, I hate the train. I mean, it's a, it's a fine, it's a necessary evil and I'll get on it. And I was on it yesterday, but like, I like to drive. I mean, I like to have my stuff and like, you know, talk uh-huh. to people, my music, you know, uh-huh. like that. It's like, it's not easy though. It's like yeah. no parking and it's crowded. It's just, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. What does life look like though? Like, do you work outside of, like, do you guys have a co-working space? What does your work life look like? So I work from home predominantly. Um, okay. and so, you know, it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's good. Cause like everyone's gone. So it's just like my, my space during the day, which is nice. Um, you know, I think, and then I go over to uh, Tracksmith to the shop every once in a while. Um, usually, a couple times a week, I'm working there just to uh, meet with the folks over there and like, kind of like, you know, that's kind of like my office for which, you know. And then other than that, like, you know, I'll sometimes park up at, you know, any kind of in a cafe if I need to get out mm-hmm. of the house. You know how that, you know how that is. It's just like, it's like a mood, right? There's there's spots in the house I le- I like to be in. Like sometimes it's a couch day and I'm going to be on the couch with my mm-hmm. laptop. Sometimes I'm going to be in front of the desktop in the office, right? And sometimes I need to get out. Like So it's like, what's my mood today? Hmm. Like what, what, how can I be productive, you know? Uh, okay, Erica. So when you and I met in person at Tracksmith in Boston yeah. for the first time, yep. I was blown away by your energy Aww. and I didn't know your story. Like I didn't know I hate talking about age so much, you know, but like I didn't know you were running these like crazy fast times well into your 40s yeah. and Yeah. So yeah, I was super blown away and I'm Thank like you. how do I not know Erica? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's really sweet. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I forget sometimes of I me mean, like, oh yeah, I guess right. That is a, 
I guess that's interesting. Cool. Like, you know, it's very like, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting. And the fact that you found distance running mm-hmm. at a little bit of later time in your life. I love it when people are like, I didn't find running till later. And they're like, yeah. I was 25. I'm like, right, hey, right. That's not, mm, that's not later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us how you fell into distance because you did run mm-hmm. uh, track. I ran track when you were younger. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've run, I've run, I mean, I've been running my whole life running, but like it was track. It was track all through, you know, college. All, I mean, all through high school, all through college. As I started running when I was probably 10, 11. Um, yeah, and it was track. I was a sprinter of all things. It's funny. Like, you know, I remember very, it's so funny. I laugh now, like being an, a distance runner. Like I think about like the distance women in college and how like the sprinting team and the distance team is like, it's like two different, I mean, like worlds. Right. And like, we'd be looking at them, they're running all these miles and <laughs> down and we'd be like do, doing workouts and then getting back in the van to go back to campus. You know, like I just think about like the differences and how in the culture of, of, it's almost like a different sport. Yeah. So I got into it. I mean, really I've always, I've, you know, just running to keep in shape, obviously for fun. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I've always cheered the marathon because it runs through my neighborhood in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been cheering the marathon since I was the New York city marathon, since I was a kid and my mom, you know, she dabbled in running, but she wasn't like competitive or anything, but had friends running. So it's always kind of been a part of my life. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, I started like really paying attention when I was cheering on somebody who I had been running with. And like, mm. he, I, you know, I cheered him that, that same year and like something happened. Like I was just like, oh, I saw like all the work he was putting in. I saw like, and I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. Like it's this different, it was a different thing, you know, cheering for someone who you had seen kind of do all the work and then just cheering for people, you know, randomly. But yeah, after that, I was like, oh, I want to give it a try. I mean, I'm also, you know, competitive. I'm, I was an athlete at heart, right? I'm a runner. So I was like, this is something new and interesting. Like, you know, I was all, I was in my 30s and I was just like, oh, I want to try it. And so that's kind of how I got into the marathon game. And you were post babies when you started marathon. No, I wasn't. No, it wasn't. okay. Yeah, it was 2008. I was like working, single, like just decided oh. to do this marathon. Yep, I trained myself. I downloaded a little plan. And like, so it was, that was 2008. And then I met my husband 2009. He okay. had run a couple of marathons. We were set up and like, that was one of the things that we had in common. Like he had run New York a couple of times and in 2009, yeah, met, we met him in 2009 and we got married in eight months. And then, wow, yeah, we met and married in eight months. And then but tell me more about that. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, you know, we were at that point in our lives in mid thirties. You're like, okay. I mean, he's, he's a great guy. And like, you know, obviously it was, it, it made sense. And like, you know, he was, he, you know, he had a lot in common and like, but it was fast. It was really fast. Like I met him That's in the so spring fast. and we married New Year's Eve. So this is like our four, I think this is four, 14th wedding anniversary this year, which is crazy. Wow. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we, and then, yeah. And then everything's just moved so quickly after that. I mean, I was Babies. pregnant with our first son the following year, 2010. So, yeah. you know, run marathon, me and husband, get pregnant. And then I had another kid. And like, then it was like, okay, like <laughs> 2012, 13, 14, I started running again. I would do some halves in New York and just, just to kind of get back out there and like, you know, slim down or whatever it was at the time. But my, the babies were little, you know, it's hard to like get out and like almost impossible. And he was training for marathons still, like he was still running the marathons. And so like he ran 2014, 2015. And I was like, wait a minute, I need to get back out there. Like I, it's my turn now, you Uh are going to train. And so then 
I decided to train for the 2017 New York City Marathon. So that was kind of like to get back into the, you know, into the game in a way. So that's how I kind of got back into it. And that's two kids later. <laughs> two kids later. Yeah. yeah. What did you run in 2017? I ran, so the first, my first one in 2008, of course, you know, I had to break four hours. I'm, I'm going to break four hours in my first marathon. Why? Who knows? It's like the arbitrary goals <laughs> we set for ourselves. And then I ran like 406 and I was pissed, of course. And then <laughs> t- nine years later, I ran 356. I broke four nine hours. I was so later. happy. Huh? <laughs> Nine years later, because you're kids. okay. You ran the four oh six in like twenty two thousand eight. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. and then you ran the three fifty six. Yep, two kids yep, later, got it. Yep, yep. So I was like, oh, broke four hours finally. Yes, you know that I kind of put me back in the game. I was just like, you know, happy to be back out there. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Like when you break a barrier like that, and now I mean, now you've run two fifty two, so you're like. It's just like it's two different it's worlds, crazy. really. But like when you break that four-hour barrier, then it kind of opens the door totally. to totally what more you can do. Totally, and that's where I got introduced to like this concept of the BQ, and then the you know I didn't know anything really about any of it. And friends of mine were like, "Oh, you should try to qualify for Boston." I'm like, "Well, what's that? You know, what's the BQ?" And then looked at my age group. I was up in the. I was like, "Oh, I went up in an age group that year." You were already up. I was like, group, "Oh." Yeah. I could, if I ran this and it was so close, I was like, oh, I could do that. And like, I went and like tried to, you know, BQ on my own. It was just like, it was so funny, like just being in it like alone and trying to like figure it out and like uh-huh. just based on, you know, being competitive, really. There was nothing else. Like, Yeah. It's such a different time now too. Like when I first ran my first, mar- I was also 2008 and okay. ran a Boston qualifier. It was just oh, like, nice. a, it was totally different world though. Like I don't know. It just wasn't what it is today. It was. Yeah. I mean, we had a running boom essentially, right? I mean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a boom. I mean, it's still going. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Totally changed. Totally. I mean, even in New York, you ran Boston. Did you run Boston that year? Um, I ran Boston in, I've run it three times in 2009, 2004. 14 and okay. 2018. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, 2019. Sorry. Right. And Boston, I ran, that was my first Boston, 2019. 19. It was rough. Yeah. 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 My first I was one. postpartum. I was like nine okay. months postpartum. Oh, wow. So, okay. Oh, wow. Then you were out yeah, there. Yeah. I, we recently had a, a conversation on our relay podcast about Boston and we were uh-huh. doing like all these hot takes. Yeah. And um, Peter Bromka was like, my hot take is you shouldn't jog Boston. You should go <sighs> run Boston and run it as hard as you physically can regardless right. of what that pace is right. and I was like but I ran at nine months postpartum and like as hard as I possibly can I had to pretty much jog because yeah. I couldn't push myself any further no, than that I wouldn't no. have been able to nine months um, I mean you the fact that you were out there though nine months I mean it's still hard like whether you're it was so hard it, whether you're trained whether you're in shape whether I'm untrained I mean it doesn't matter like you're being out there in Boston is is hard it's hard yeah I mean, it's I a different it. kind of hard though. Do you know what I mean? Like totally. it's a different kind of hard when you're like in really good physical shape where like for your potential, you can run fast right. versus like you've, you've trained for the distance and you're running the marathon, but your body just isn't there yet. It's like the pain is different. It's 100%. less intense, but it's 100%. still really hard. Yes. Yes. I can totally relate to that. And that's, that's exactly like the experience I had my first time. Like I didn't know my first, that 2019, I was like, whoa, like I felt so un, 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 uh, I didn't know. I, I felt like people didn't warn me enough about that race. Like it was, yeah. it was, it was hard. I mean, I mean, I get it. The energy and everything was awesome, but like it was hard. 
You know, I think back to, so when I ran Boston in 2009, yeah. this was like pre-Instagram, you know what right, I mean? Pre right. all the social media business. Sure. And I really did feel like, even though it wasn't the 80s, like yeah. I did feel like I was part of this like old school running group. Like I was not in the click. Like That's I didn't necessarily belong. I just like would show up at the runner's village looking at all these people and they're like windbreakers that oh, have probably serious? done it yeah. 40 times. Yeah. That's and I was so like, who am I? What yeah. am I doing here? Yeah. I wonder without, oh man, that must've been a wild experience. Yeah. I mean, cause we essentially, right. You said Instagram now and like there, there was a, there's a running boom, an actual running boom, right? There's more people yeah. running. It's more uh, everything. Like it's just like on a hundred, like all the time. Right. Like, wow. That's and even in New York, like the difference between the 2008 marathon and the 2017 marathon in neighborhoods, like, you know, in Williamsburg where Tracksmith is and like that whole area was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was busy, but not like it is now. I mean, in mm. nine years it's exploded. I mean, it's crazy now, you know, like to so many people on the street, so many, but even like going through the neighborhoods nine years later was wild, you know, um, at post boom, you know, post. Yeah. 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 You've lived through it though too. Like you lived in New York, got yep. to be the spectator. Now you yep. know to run it. Yep. Uh, talk to us about your running group, Black Roses, and when you came across them. So after I ran that, uh, I, I, I BQ'd, I trained myself and I ran a 345 in 2018. And it was like right there. Like I had gone up in age group. That's the other thing. That's why I got, so I got the BQ. I didn't know anything about buffers or anything at that time. I was just like, All uh -huh. right, I got my BQ. I'm running Boston, you know, the next year. Um, and then, then I got kind of, I was like, Oh, I need a coach. Like, Oh, I don't want to do any more track workouts by myself. I don't want to follow any apps. I need people like, you know, and there was just, I, there was something about like, I, and I've been on teams, right. I know, you know, it was something, and I wanted a coach. I wanted to get more serious, you know? And so I had been following along, you know, on, on Instagram, right? Um, my coach Knox Robinson mm -hmm. and the group Black Roses. And there was all these women, they were running so fast and like, you know, they were traveling around, they were doing these camps in Mexico and like Ethiopia. And like, wow. I was like obviously captivated and I was like, wow, this is wild. Like, you know, that, that, you know, group of adults, you know, is, is training like this together and like going out to these races. And like, I loved it. And I was also at a point where, you know, my kids were, Probably they were still little. I mean, like five and seven at the time. But you know, it was like they were starting to become a little bit more independent. And it was like, mommy, you know, ten years of being mom. I was like, I'm ready to get back to like me, you know. And like, mm -hmm. and I think that now reflecting on it all these five years later, I realized like that's what it was too. Because I was like, there was mm -hmm. something about you know my life that had changed a lot. And I've, you know, I just dove into motherhood, obviously like everybody, but like there was something missing. And, and, and I realized it was that getting back to me, like what I did before and like who I was and all that. And so joined, I went to like, we have open sessions. So those are like, you know, I mean, essentially you just come do a workout with us and see, you know, check the vibe and see what it's like. And I met Knox there and some of the other women and yeah. And after that, it was just, you know, he was just like, I want you to come run with us. And so I was like, uh, and I was kind of like starstruck by all of them because I was been following along on Instagram. You know how it is. It's like you see people and I'm like, oh, so like the opportunity to train with them was like game changer. Everything happened. Everything. So is changed. it like a tryout for you and for them? Like was, they I have mean, to kind of want your vibe and you kinda, want their vibe? Yes. And, but you know, it's funny though, because like I, I we laugh about it now. Like, you know, people kind of self-select for roses because we're not, we're kind of like a, a ragtag bunch, you know, it's like, it's not a typical running group. And so like, uh -huh. you know, when you come, 
it's it's funny who ends up sticking. Like, you know, who like people will come to open sessions and then, you know, we may never see them again, but some people end up staying and then it's that's what it is. And so it's kind of like it's not even really a try. Yeah, it's like a uh, it's like a tryout on both sides. It is like kind of yeah. like that. And it's just like, oh, because you know, we 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 do, you know, crazy things. Like we're traveling, you know, we meet we were meeting in a bar at one point, like just to, dropping our stuff and running and then coming back and hanging out. Like, you know, it's just a lot of like <laughs> not your normal run club, you know, uh, type of vibes. So, um, but yeah, I loved it. And like, you know, I, I connected with everybody and like, yeah, it was, it, and I was one of the oldest ones still am, but like, mm. I think the running is what I, you know, I came to train. I came there to train. I came there to like, you know, really try to try to get better. So. And when you like, how did you deal with not feeling intimidated? Like if everybody's like super fast and you are super fast when you started <laughs> though I mean, I you were probably yeah. yeah yeah you were probably on the on the slower end of the yeah. group like how did you overcome that and like because everybody says like you want to get faster run with people that are faster than you right totally totally you have to and like but I, I understand it's intimidating you know I think I was older I had two kids like you know my life was mm-hmm. different like I didn't mm-hmm. and I'm not I, mean, I think my personality as I mean you, mm-hmm. as, as you if you get to know me it's like you know mm-hmm. I don't you know, I had been on teams, right? I'd been, I had trained with people. Like, I guess my life experiences had kind of have, had kind of led me to that point where I can show up to a group and know like, hey, people are going to be fast and this is what, but this is what you came for, right? And so, you know, I wasn't nervous about that. I was kind of like excited by it, you know, it's just in the same way that I love, I like to race. Like, I actually like to race. And it's funny, like, I talked to so many people and I know a lot of people who have a lot of anxiety around racing and like, mm-hmm. even in this game but now I'm like, and like, they love to train, but like racing is, you know, and I get it. It was like, but I guess like I, I look at it like, oh, this is, I mean, it's fun. Like it's, it's exciting. Like it's like a, every time, especially with the marathon, you know, it's like every time you get out there, you don't know what's happening. You, you don't, don't know. know. That's happening. the scary like, part though. That is the scary part, but it's also the exciting part. You know, it's also uh, like, what do I have on the day? Like what's going to happen? Like that, I kind of think of it that way. Yeah, it's weird. I do understand age playing a part in this. Mm-hmm. And I also think personally, at least like after I had babies, like, I don't know, like everything seemed a little oh, more trivial, 100%, right? 100%, about running. 100%. And that's not a dig at someone who doesn't have kids or right. anything at all. But like, just personally, I was like, oh, well, you know, I got to go home and like feed my baby or whatever. 100%. I, I was going to track practice at seven o'clock on Tuesdays. I had to have childcare, right? I had to have somebody uh-huh. who was here. And we had a somebody who was here at the time who lived here. Thank, thankfully, you know, I was fortunate to be able to have help. There was no way I could do it, right? Because seven o'clock on a Tuesday night, like what you know what I mean? Yeah, what that's are you doing? Not, yeah, that's prime time, right? And so I was going over there, and I'm training, and then I was coming home like dead tired. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like and like the kids getting the kids to bed and all that. I mean, my life was just different. Like I, you know, I, I had to make it work. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so age babies yeah. play into it, but like, what do you think the other piece of the puzzle is for you? Not getting like worked up and stressed out and super anxious about racing. I think, I think also just, you know, the, the, there, I am a a pretty competitive person and I kind of like with myself, you know, it's always kind of like, and I don't know if that's just being an athlete for so long. And like, you know, I I trained, you know, with really, really high level people, you know, since when I was a kid, you know, my Mm. training partner, when I was in high school, a training partner, I was chasing her around like the world indoor 400 meter champions, um, Diane Dixon. Yeah. My coach, Fred Thompson was like a legend. Like he, like, I guess that was my introduction to it. Right. And so I, in terms of racing and competing, like that was always a part of, 
every that was a part of it you know that was that was that was the that was the you know it was almost like the prize like it was almost like i was i i learned that that was you showing off all the work you've done and all the you know what i mean and so i guess that's why i didn't it was never i mean i got i get nervous i get anxious of course it's like everybody else that, I, don't, I don't want to say that but i do kind of you know channel that in another way um yeah i think i think i think it's just being a competitor is is, is the yeah. thing for me it's such a different situation though because like the short distances that you used to run, it's like, I'm sure the nerves are all there, but it's like, okay, what's on the table here? Like one minute of my life versus like three hours of my life or whatever time you're running. And it's like, I think that's for me. And I think a lot of people, it's like, how am I, it's the anticipation of how you're going to feel two hours in and how am am I going to mentally show up? Because I, like my body can do what it can do physically. We know that. But like yep. it's up yep. to my mind to to push how how much I'm going to push and like will I yep. go there yep. or will I not? And to be honest, that's the thing that I get nervous. If I get nervous about anything, it's that. Like I do. Like I know yeah. and I guess when you run enough marathons, right? For just the marathon distance to use for as an example, you know that 30k you know, that two hour mark, that's when, like you just said, that's when it goes down. And that's what I've also been taught by Knox, by, you know, that that's when the race starts. Right. So when you yeah, go into yeah. the, to the race, knowing that, like mm-hmm. even this last time, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, we always think we're not under trained. We've never, we hadn't done enough. Like, am I ready? Am I, can I do this? And you know, what's going to happen after the two hour mark. And like, it's like, okay, how you're feeling, body scan. He tells he tells us, do the scan, do you know, check in, see how you're feeling. You might have it, you might not, and that's fine, you know, but like mm. you you know it's coming, right? And so like mm. that, I think that part of it, like acknowledging it, accepting it, you know, going with it is 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 helpful. Is helpful. Yeah. Accepting it. That's yeah. good. Yeah. It's coming. All right. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. You know it is. I know. Yep. It's and you have to like ride the ebbs and flows of the marathon as well. Like you might feel that for a minute or two or like five minutes, 10 minutes early on, but to like accept that happening and also accept like, it's probably going to get better for a little bit too. I have to ride this wave. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. That we, this last race I'll share with you, like, like, so going into Valencia, he was like, you're going to feel really good through 30 K. Right. I didn't know if I, I, I didn't know if I would or not, but I was like, he's like, no, you're going to feel good. It's a fast race. It's super flat. Like you're going to go out. You're not going to run this. You're going to run that. You know, he, he just like, you're going to feel really good through 30 K. I want you to take then 30 K is like 19. I want you to take that mile to 20. I want you mm-hmm. to do your check-in. I want you to think about the boys, do your devotionals, mm-hmm. think whatever you got to do to settle in. And then you get to 21 and you make some decisions that, that, that mm-hmm. was the plan. Right. And I did it. Yeah, I did it. I was like, okay, how am I feeling? Oh, starting to get, you know, you're always tired, obviously, but I did feel good through 30 K. I was like, oh, and then like (laughs) that last 10 K is always the grind, right? No matter what. So yeah, it was, but going into it, knowing that it was, it was different this time, I think. Uh, Tell me more about the devotionals. So I was like, okay, I'm out here. I was thinking about my mom, I was thinking about, you know, my dad, thinking about the boys, thinking about, you know, why I'm here, you know, the, the privilege I have of being out here. I'm in Spain. I was th- running a marathon, right? Like I felt good. Um, thinking about, I was just kind of like, it was a check-in, but it was also like, 
devoting like my energy and my time calling in, you know, it was almost like ancestral, like calling into the ancestors, like, you know, mm. to support, like thinking about my coach, Freddie from high school. Um, just like, yeah, like calling on all like the energy to kind of come and like be there with me in that moment. And that, that was, I did it, you know, and I, it was, I was, and I don't, I don't think I've ever done that during a race. So, so like, to be told like, oh yeah, I want you to do this. And like, you know, when he, when he said it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And doing it. And like that prepared me, you know, for the next 10 K and and that was it. And, and I, and I really, you know, cause there's so many people in my life who have, you know, who, who are not here anymore, who, you know, are a part of my running journey. And so mm-hmm. like, I was just thinking about that, you know, are your parents alive? They're not, they're not. Neither no. of them. No, no. I love, you know, interestingly enough, I, my mom, died when I was 16. And then okay. my dad um, died suddenly in 2018. It was six weeks before I joined Roses. And I think, wow. you know, now I can reflect on it. I know that like, there was something about like having the courage to go and having, you know, mm-hmm. just putting it out there and not caring. I, I I know that was part of it. Like, just like, mm-hmm. you know what? Life is short. Like, this is what you want to do. Do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, wow. and that changed you- everything. Yeah. Did you feel like when you did the devotions and you were like calling on them, like, did you like feel their presence? Absolutely. 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 You know, I wear, I wear my mom's wedding ring usually like when I'm racing, I don't always wear it, but I wear Mm -hmm. it when I'm racing. Um, It's kind of like my good luck charm. Mm -hmm. And I think in that moment when I was running, I definitely felt the energy. I felt my coach from high school yelling at me, you know, I heard his voice. I hear, I hear, you know, just like, I think about my parents and like, if they could see me, like they, I mean, they see me, mm. but like, what would they think? Like this, I'm out here, yeah. like, I'm, you know, out here, mom, like running these marathons, like nobody in my family is doing that, you know? So it's, it's yeah, I do feel, I, I definitely felt the presence though. Oh, yeah. have you surpassed the age your mom was when she passed? I was, I did. And that was a whole moment. Yeah. That was 2021. Okay. And I had, it was actually, I was going into London and, you know, I was talking to my coach about this. We actually, actually, he wrote an article for Like the Wind magazine. You've heard of Like the Wind and Simon. And, and so he wrote an article because I called that my Marilyn year. Her name was Marilyn. And mm-hmm. I, it was, it was the first year that I was trying to act, actively trying to break three hours. And, okay. you know, I, we went into London marathon. I didn't do it, you know, so that was kind of crushing, but it was my Marilyn year because I was like, this is the year like she didn't make it to. And I was like, oh, like I gotta, you know, I had all these things like in my mind, like I have to do, you know? And so, you know, I did it eventually, but yeah, that was a wild moment. And I have an older sister who, you know, she's 11 years older than me. So, so she had gone through that too. And so I was able to like talk to her, you know, about it, what it feels like, you know? Yeah. I woke up this morning thinking, or I was talking to my son last night about, he had a hard day and I was like, you get to choose how you live every day. Like you get to choose like how you react to things, all these things. And I was like, okay, Lindsay, say you have 50 years left. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that would be great. Right. That would put me to 90. Right. Um, And I'm like, that's a lot of time. What do you want to do with that? And so now that you've like surpassed the amount of time your mom was given, you know, you can't think about like these, huge, big, serious things 24 seven. Cause that's just like so overwhelming. Totally. Totally. But do you think about that in terms of like, I've been given these years that my mom didn't have, like, what do I want to do with them? 100%. I mean, I've, I've, I think since turning 50, I 
more than ever. It's weird. Like I, you know, age, you know, when I turned 40, I had a three month old. So it wasn't like, you know, wild. Like, oh, Different life. <laughs> but like, yeah. Like, and then I spent the next 10 years momming. Right. And so I think turning 50 was interesting because all suddenly I was reflecting on a lot of that stuff in a different way, totally different way, maybe surpassing the age she was, or, you know, dealing with my dad's, you know, death. But I, I think it was, it's, it's, it's now like, I think about what's important, what's going to, recently I was talking to someone um, and we were talking about what's, what was important 25 years ago to us, like in our twenties, mm. right? What was important to me at 25? Would it be important? What's going to be important to me at 75? God willing, if I live there, like, yeah. what, like thinking about like life and like, you know, what, what's important to you in this moment now, is it going to be the same in 25 years? Mm -hmm. Of course not. Right. And was it, the things that we were worried about at 25 or would they be, of course not, you know? And so I've been reflecting on that too, like just being in the moment, but yeah, I mean, you know, being older, being able to draw on life experiences and, you know, all those things are, are what make you who you are, even no matter what age, you know, and like every mm -hmm. stage is different, you know? And I, I think I've been kind of accepting that leaning into that. You can't feel 50 though. I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I have to say that's funny. Like I forget sometimes. What does that even mean? I mean, I really, forget but sometimes. Like, I'm like, yeah. oh. I'm like, you know, when I'm with, and no, most of the people in my, in the running group are young. Right. So they're all, they're babies, you know, they're in twenties and thirties, you know, not even barely 40. I mean, you know, Knox is, is we're peers. So close. He's close to my age, but like, you know, I don't know if it were for him. I'm like, well, how would I survive on this group? Like you guys are all so young. <laughs> like, but like, I think on the other side of that, like, I don't feel, yeah, I don't feel at all. I don't even know what that means. Like, what does it feel? Right? You know, I look at photos of people in like 50 year olds, you know, like in, you know, the 1950s. Uh -huh. Why do they look so old? I don't understand. <laughs> like, what? Like, how? Like, are we getting young? Like, what? Like, we are, we're yeah. getting younger. Maybe we're taking better care of ourselves. I don't right? know. Like, and then I go out and I'm like, yeah, 50. Wow. Like, you know, and having an older sister too, it's funny because like we've watched mm. her and she's, she's 62 now. And so like I say to myself, I'm like, oh God, 62. That's 11. It's like, it's not that far away. Like, you know, mm. <laughs> when I was 40, she was 51. Like she's the same age I am now. Like, I'm like, what? Like how? Like that's crazy. I know. It's wild. All right, friends. This episode is supported by my friends at Prevenex and they have the best supplements. If you are looking for a multivitamin, a joint supplement, protein powder, this is the place to go. They even have great vitamins for kids. My kids take the Supervites. Their products are all clinically tested and proven. And what I really want to focus on right now is the joint supplement. It delivers ingredients that are clinically proven to offer the most comprehensive and complete joint protection and relief available on the market. So many runners are using this. I use it every day. And the main ingredients are proven to be up to five times more beneficial than ingredients you're gonna see in other products. They have an anti-inflammatory and pain reliever in them that provides additional support for the joints. I'm impressed, this genuinely worked. My close friend told me about this product and I thought he was full of crap, but my joints feel better after three days on this supplement, crazy results. The great thing about Prevenex is they have a money back guarantee. If you are not satisfied after 30 days, you can get your money back. Go to Prevenex.com and use the code ANOTHER and that'll get you 15% off your order. That's Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER and that will get you 15% off your order. 
what is you have to have a message for people with aging. I struggled a lot with turning 40 because I just for so long I had this like, oh, like it was this number and it was such a big deal. And then I turned 40 and I was like, oh, I just feel like the same person, you know. Totally. Um, But it feels weird. I don't know that it it does. I don't know why. But um, what is your message to someone like hitting that next decade and how to like not feel icky about it or feel scared about it? Right. I mean, honestly, like the same way I read people who turn, you know, read, I love reading like older people, like 70, 80, talking about their 40s, 50s, 60s and how they get to 80 and they're like, oh, those, those years, (laughs) you know, like those were like, I guess, yeah, like the next step, this next phase. I mean, it's great. Like, it's great. Like I, you know, we, my mom didn't live to 50. Like I, I think about like, it's a, first of all, a blessing to, to mm-hmm. make it right. And to like live another day. And so that's the first thing we all have to be grateful for that. But the second thing is like, you know, depending on, you know, obviously everybody feels differently. My message is like, it's awesome. Like it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like aging is not bad. Like we're, we're yeah. conditioned to believe aging is bad. We're conditioned to think, you know, all these anti-aging products we need to be using because like, you know, that's marketing and capitalism. It's not, it has nothing to do with our bodies. Like this is, Mm. we're getting older, but what does that mean in comparison to other people? Or is it our, um, in in comparison, you know, in in competing in comparison to ourselves? Like, Mm. I think we all get caught up in like, of course, like younger people you see, you know, I look at like, even with my running, I'm like, wow, so I, I'm thinking doing this, like, what would it be like if I was 35? Like, would I be right. running faster? Like, would I, I be running 240? Like, <laughs> right. Like, maybe, maybe not, you know, but I'm still competing. Like, I'm trying to beat the 30-year-olds. Like, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> I love it. So, I mean. Speaking I, of yeah. that, you, so you ran 252 in Valencia? And that was yeah. like a tie for your PR, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Was it a tie or did you go under it seconds? Was, no, it was it was a tie by. I mean, the Berlin was the PR in terms of seconds. I, it was like okay. 05 in Berlin, and it was like fifty something in, in Valencia. I know I okay. can't ran that twice. It's so crazy. Yeah, but that I feel like running it twi- twice proves that like you're two fifty two marathoner, like, and on your way to maybe two forty nine. Well, see, that's how I feel. It's so funny, like how like. Yes. And that, that's what it was. And a couple of people, other people said that to me. They were like, oh, so if you did that, then you're going to run. I'm like, like, it's so funny. Like you would think like people like, oh no, you ran 252. Cool. Like, like why would yeah. you, but no, people think of it. And I do too. It's like, oh no, no, you can run faster then. Like, like you hit yeah. that twice. And you've done it twice. Yeah. yeah. Um, what does that look like chasing those PRs at your age? Oh, here we are talking about age again. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you're you're competing against the 30-year-old. So like what does it look like in terms of like setting goals? Like do you even think about age? I don't necessarily in terms of setting goals. I mean, I don't yeah. – like I, I feel like it's Love just it. – because it's like ra- marathon and racing is still like – and by the way, like if if I do go into the age group, like, you know, the age, the age group things are so funny to me because like mm-hmm. these women, I mean, I am definitely, you know, I'm doing well, you know, I was third in my age group in Valencia, but you know, wow. my, my first thought, you know what it is? It's always like, well, who are the two, who, who you, I have to find out who the two were. Who are they? Like, who are they? Should we like, be I, together? <laughs> I look them up. I, I do like after races, I love like my favorite thing to do is like cyber stalk all the women who are my age and what they're I doing, love it. who they are, like their Stravas. Like I want to know everything. I want to know. Cause like, I'm like, yeah. well, I'm out here then, but yeah, like they're getting faster. Like I don't, 
Like I was third in my age group. I was like seventh in my age group in Boston last year. I'm like, these women are fast. Like, yeah. <laughs> so even within my age group is like, you know, it's a thing. But like, I think, yeah, chasing, you know, trying to trying to run as fast as I can for myself is like, that's all it ever is, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't know. And, I, and in terms of setting goals and everything, it's really just like, oh, how fast can I run? Like, what mm-hmm. what can I do? It's, 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 it's wild to think of it. If I think about it in terms of age, it's kind of weird because it's scary because it's like, can I do that? But then I look and I'm like, well, yeah, of course, you know, I can try, you know, I feel fine. Um, Oh, wait, the obvious question to me, and this is because um, I'm in my 40s, a lot of people go through perimenopause. I had a hysterectomy, got my ovaries out. So like, I don't even have those parts. I do take estrogen every day. So I'm hope I think we think that's like, keeping me steady where I'm at. Okay. Um, What's going on with you though, with perimenopause? So I have personal question. I know. Yeah, no, no, you, I have you symptoms. have to wonder at 50. I have some, I have symptoms I've had yeah. for, you know, I, I started noticing like, you know, changes in my cycle. Yeah. But also it was, it was related to training. Cause so like, mm-hmm. you know, I would, I would notice that like my cycle would get long, longer in between races. Like if mm-hmm. I would build up to a marathon, it would be regular, regular, regular. And then like, boom, as soon as the race was over, it like this was when my body was like recalibrating, and so I've noticed like stuff like that. You know, I don't have you know I have other symptoms like maybe like night like at night like the yeah. Night so I've not had I haven't had any hot flashes like during the day yet. Um, but you get them at night sometimes. Yeah, and like yeah. hormonal. Yeah, like the hormonal things. But it's hard to, to to tell for sometimes for me because of the running and the training. And so yeah. like I don't know how much of it is that or if it's like I've noticed like you know definitely little niggles here and there when at certain times of the cycle. I'm starting to mm. kind of record that. Um, I've noticed like you know like I had I had had to get in the weight room because like I was hopping up all these little like you know yeah. I had a meniscus tear last summer. It was like and it was degenerative. It was like something that just happens with age and like wear and tear. And so like all those kinds of little things are happening. And I've noticed that hormones flare up, like they exacerbate and they kind of irritate those things. And I'm like, okay, that's probably a symptom. Right. And like, but you know, as as you know, there's not a lot of research around it. I mean, I listen, you know, I've, I'm, I listen to Stacey Sims a lot and like mm-hmm. their, their podcast, um, it's called mm-hmm. uh, Hit Play Not Pause. I love them. Mm-hmm. But they have a lot of interesting interviews and like just thinking about women, you know, active women, you know, in their 50s and above and like how they've dealt with different things. So um, definitely feeling certain things. But then there's like, you know, on, on the other hand, like, I mean, it's still pretty regular and pretty, like, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how that hits people just at different times. I mean, someone could be going through full blown menopause in their early forties. Yep. Some people are like late fifties. Yep. Yep. It's yep. um yep. yeah, one of my aunts, I think she's fifty five and she's like normal cycle still. And I'm like, Okay. It's so wild. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I know. And I'm like, I feel like I'm in such a weird position because I'm like, I'm taking the estrogen, but yeah. like, what does that mean for my other hormones? And sometimes like I just don't want to know more information. I'm like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Yep. It's good yep. to educate, but sometimes I just like want to block it all out. Because you have to go by what you feel like, right? Like that's yeah. you know, how you feel. And that's, I mean, that that's true. And that's why I like, I read and I, you know, typically when I'm like think experiencing something, I'm like, I want to know, you know, I want some information on it. But other than that, it's like, it's based on how I feel. Like I can't yeah. like, you know, the cycle is definitely a thing. There's definitely different times where you feel, but like, I don't feel, mo- I don't feel like I have to, you know, do certain things at certain times of the cycle yet. I just don't like, I mean, maybe it'll happen, you know? Um, yeah. But it's just based on how you feel really. Yep. 
So tell us about breaking three hours for the first time and making it to the list. You're the 25th. I'm the 25th. Yeah. Okay. The 25th black American born woman to break three hours. What did that mean to you? It was, it was emotional and it was, it was because it had been, you know, a kind of like a year or so in the making in terms of like being right there. Right. And like Mm. post COVID, right. I had started during COVID, I had started like running a lot more. Like I kind of kicked up my mileage, just like everybody else, you know, just like stress and like nothing else to do but run, right? And so um, that that changed my training a lot. Like if you had told me before that, like I was doing, you know, when I first joined Moses, I was like 50 miles a week, you know, and mm. tops maybe, you know, and then going up to, and then I, I know other women on the team were doing 60, 70, 80, sometimes even. And I was like, oh, there's no way I could do that. Like <laughs> I would snap in two, no way, right? <laughs> And so during COVID, when, you know, when the stress wasn't there, there were no races, I just started running a lot. And then like that first time I hit a 70 mile week, I was like, oh, and then I just kept doing it. And like, I felt fine. Like I didn't didn't get injured. Oh, okay. This is, this is new. So that kind of started me on that path. And then when it came time to start racing again, in like the year 2021, I guess, when we, you know, got into London, I got into London and I was like, okay, I'm going to train, you know, this is, it was like a group thing. Like, we're going to try to do this. Um, and yeah, like I think by the time a year later in 2022 in Berlin, I had done it. I had two sort of false, you know, like, Mm. like I had, I was right there, you know, hamstring pulled up and then in Boston, something else, some all the craziness happened. Like I ran like 301 and it was like right there. And so like, I was so frustrated, but kept it, kept with it. So when I ran that time in Berlin, it was really emotional, really like, wow, like, I mean, I was kind of like in shock and it went by so fast. I still think about that race. It was a blur. Like it was a blur, mm. you know, but um, my coach was on the sideline. He was at the finish line on the side and like he called out and like I ran over and like we just both started crying and it was mm. just like really like it was a moment. It was like it was really it was really special. And I was I mean, you know, and I shared that with two of my teammates, um, Giovanna and Kamiko, both you know, Giovanna ran 255 that race. Kamiko broke three hours for the first time too. She ran at 259 and three of us were like, like sitting at the mm. finish line, just like crying. Like just, it was, it was really special. Wow. Yeah. Cause you had run the 301 and then you ran that 252. So like you were in shape to break three hours in Boston times yeah. before. Yeah. 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 I was right there. It just wasn't the day. It wasn't the day, you know, and I was right there. I mean, in Boston, that, that Boston race was particularly heartbreaking because it was, I was there and it was, it was at the end, you know, and like, I didn't, I couldn't even, I don't know if I've fully like even looked at those splits from that race. Cause that's how mm. heartbreaking it was. It was somebody who yeah. said to me like, Oh, you were right there until the last two miles. I'm like, okay. Two miles. <laughs> I was right there. And like, yeah. I had to stop and I was walking and like, you know, so I was there, I ran 301, like stopping and like, you know, just trying to get myself together, you know? And so, you know, I was proud of myself for finishing, you know, but like, I was right there. It was, it was, that was, that was rough. Yeah. (laughs) Now does the, tell me about the list and does it continue to grow and like, what's it like to be a part of being one of the people encouraging other people to come on in? It's great. I mean, you know, right now my teammate Danielle just broke three in Chicago. And so she made, she's number 31. 31. So now there's four of us from Black Roses on the team, on on the list, just, you know, and, and it's been, I mean, that's probably been the, the, the most like moving thing for me personally about it is just like so many women are like, oh, you have, 
you you make it, you've motivated me to A, try and B, mm-hmm. to, to feel like it's possible, like to feel like it's even possible because it wasn't, I didn't think it was possible. Like in back in 2018, 19, when I first joined Roses, I was a 345 marathon, a 330 marathon. There's no way I, I was doing the math on those splits, like six something, six something per mile. What? No way. Like, absolutely not. You know, there's never any way I'm going to do that, you know, but so I think everybody so the people that I've spoken to have just been like yo you you make me feel like I can do it I'm like yeah you can like you know that's been the mo- that's been the most special part of it I think mm. and and just being this group of women and I've gotten to know some of them you know personally and like they're just awesome you know and to see us all out there and just like and and we all did it at different times like I met Marilyn Bevins who was the first one to do it and she's awesome and like mm. just like being a part of that is really special I just feel like I'm a part of history even if it's our little running you know history it is you know yeah and it continues to grow yeah um talk about like once you broke three hours like I just think we have these mental barriers. Like I have a mental barrier on 130. I don't know. It's just like in the half. It's just like this. And But yep. then once you do it, you do it. Like you yep. just ran 252 again in Valencia. And like I think of um, like Megan Murray with Believe in the Run. Yeah. I mean, she tried to break three hours for so long. And then once she did it, it just like unleashed this yep. like beast totally you know because totally, you know it's possible you know your body did that you did it you know yeah it's like it is it's possible like so many things are possible that's that's exactly what happens and like so like why does it get a hold on us like that though i think i think it's because like i think that you remember you think about your body right you think about you as a person like you, the training you're out there like you physically did something like you mm. did it right so knowing that your body was able to do that i think just something unlocks and then yeah. you're like the possibilities are now endless right the, the, what are what's next like what how do you you know like because you did it and and i think that's really it's as a runner as a competitor as a those are all the, the juices get flowing right like mm-hmm. those are the things that like we we thrive on it's great like i think i mean i i, I think it gets a hold on us because like now we it opens a door that we weren't even sure we were going to walk through at any point right like you don't know mm-hmm. but like it's open right yeah. now it's open yeah. yeah. Were you uh, trying to PR in Valencia? No. I mean, I was, I mean, I'm always trying to PR. I'm, I, I, you know, people ask me, you know, it's so funny. Like all my runner friends, it's like, Oh, well, what are you going for in Valencia? Like I don't race. I don't go into races like that at all. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to run this pace and I'm trying to hit this time. Cause we don't train like that. We train on mm-hmm. feel, you know, we train on like, you know, we do the workouts, we, we do the work, but we don't, I don't, it's like I don't have a pace. Oh, this is my pay marathon pace. Like we don't train mm-hmm. in those with those those kinds of workouts. Like okay. Rose just never does goal marathon pace workouts. Like Knox is always like, he's like he said doesn't make sense to him. He's like, well, what is your goal marathon pace? The pace you ran already, or the pace you want to run? Right. And if that's the case, how do you train at that? Right? right. Why would you train at a pace you've already run? And you don't know what your future pace is. So it doesn't really. So I was like, that actually makes sense to me. You know, so like. Well, yeah, yeah. Are you somewhere in the middle? Right. Like, and like, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Right. And so I always tell people when they're like, oh, what are you going for? You know, you're trying to. I'm like, I'm, of course I'm trying to PR. I'm always trying to be better than the last time. Always. That's that's a, always a goal. You know, whether or not you think you can do it. I mean, there's all these other things. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, over the summer, like I said, I had a meniscus tear. So like that in my mind set me back. You know, I didn't have the same build in my mind that I had for Berlin. But like, that's another thing, like with coaching, it's just like, you don't like, 
I know now after having done it again, like, oh, so all those things that, you know, in my mind, like, oh, Berlin was this perfect build and I was so fit and this and that, like there wasn't, that that could be, that could be, but that doesn't mean that the work that I did to get to that point isn't still in there. Right. And Mm so I didn't think I was going to PR because I was just like, oh, you know, I had this knee stuff and like, oh, you know, my, maybe I didn't do enough long runs and maybe, you know, my summer training was off and like, but I mean, it ended up being fine, you know, and the body's amazing. Like I, I think about that all the time. Like I tell people that the human body's amazing. Our bodies are amazing. Like what we can do, right? Like you just got to give yourself a chance. Do you feel like, um, like being seasoned physically and mentally with the marathon, there's like, like, are you able to be stronger mentally in a race now, even if your body might not be, have had like that perfect cycle or like, you're not as trained up as you were the other time you ran the 252. Like, can you just manage the 26 miles in your head better? I think so. I think experience, right? I think the more you run, the more like, I think like, it's always hard, but it's always hard. And you know, it's going to feel, it's going to feel hard at some point. I think with experience, but and every race is different, right? Like I, I tell people this all the time. Like every marathon, I feel like it's the first one all over again because there's so many variables. It's it's mm-hmm. the weather, it's the place, it's the the shape you're in. It's like oh, this. It's like your first one. There's no you can't like compare them because it's just like so different. It's a marathon. There's so many things that can happen. But I think with experience, you know that, right? And mm-hmm. so, but hearing that, like him telling me I was gonna be feel good through 30k, right? Hearing that was like okay. Like that's a possibility, right? I wouldn't have told myself that, you know? And so I think I can manage that better because I'm just like, now I'm a little bit more experienced. Like I know mm-hmm. what it feels like. I know like, so when I'm out there and I'm like, oh, I'm looking at my, I'm at every mile. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm running 620s, 630s. I feel good. Okay. Like I, I can check in and like know what it feels like. Okay. That, that, that's the unlock. Right. And then mm-hmm. mentally, you know, when you get to that 10 K, I mean, my, and by the way, like my splits totally fell off the cliff at 10 K of course that's what happens, you know? And I was just like, just hold on. <laughs> hold just hold on. on as best you can. Yeah. I walked away from that race being like, okay, now I got to figure out where I get to the point where I can close like yeah. people running fast at the end of a marathon. Like I'm obsessed with that now. Like how Ugh. are you running fast at the end of a marathon? How, like how? I know. <laughs> People I go know. by you. I'm like, how? How do you what do that? What are you that? doing? Like, what did you do? Because it's it's scary and like to to ride that line. Like you want to be risky yeah. and ride that line, so you're yeah. like basically you can run perfectly even split, right? Yeah, sure. Um, but like, when do you decide? Yeah. Like, had you held back earlier, could you have run a little bit faster at the right. end? But would your time have netted out because? I think, yeah. And I think that's, I think that everybody has their own personal, like, that's where you know yourself and like you're running. Like, I know for me, like, there's not, it's not holding back is not going to help me. Like, in the end, it's not, it's going to hurt no matter what. (laughs) It's not going to help me. Like, I'm not going to go, you know, slower in the beginning and have all this energy. And that's not really how marathons work either. It's like, you know, on the day, like, no, that's not going to happen. So I know I got to go with it. And like go out mm-hmm. and hang on and, and try to yeah. like, like what I'm saying, like, is it more strength? Is it more harder long runs? Is it more long runs? Like, what is it that's going to get that ten, that last 10K, you know, like where I can be like, oh, I'm maintaining my pace and I'm going faster. That's Speed now up. I'm like kind of yeah. obsessed with that idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, and this is maybe more for like someone who's postpartum and not someone at your level, but like 
and when I say that, I mean like experience, pace, all that. Um, I, one time I was training for a marathon. I I was going to run a marathon in March and I was postpartum and I wanted to sign up for one in December too. And my husband's like, you are not going to be ready to run fast in December. But I used that December marathon to train my mind. And I knew I wasn't going to run a PR, but my point was, I was like, you're going to run 10, 10 miles easy. Talk to whoever's around you if they want to talk. Yeah. Then speed up for a little bit for 10 miles and then really run that last 10K hard. And it it was so cool. I didn't run super slow. I didn't run super fast, but it was so cool to be able to like use my mind to tell me when you're going to speed up, when you're going to do this, Yep. which you can't do as well when you're riding on that line. Right. right? Right. But it is definitely a good like training. So I always like, I tell people like that's, that's a good training technique if you're trying to get work back up to get to what your PRs might right, be. Right. You can't just jump right back mind, in. You're, mind, you're thinking about it. You're being intentional. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a good, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good, I think that's good advice. I think that's great. Like, I think that's, yeah. Like, because your mind has to be in it, right? It's, it's a yeah. mind game. It's a mind game. Like the marathon is, 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 it is so, it's such a mind game. And like, once you also understand that, then that, I think that, that opens up doors too, right? It's just like, yeah. your body has to physically be ready to do it, obviously. But like, the mental gymnastics involved are it's, crazy. <laughs> and like, I'm not sure I could do that, like, yeah. while riding the line. Like, yeah. I'm not sure I could do that in a PR setting. Right. Um, right. But it is definitely good practice because, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. it'll work. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. We have to talk about Tracksmith a little bit. Yeah. Sure. You work for Tracksmith. I do. Culture producer. That's what's on your Instagram. That's my Instagram. That's kind of like, you know, I'm I'm a producer. And I, when I say producer by trade, by profession, by, you know, because I've done, you know, event production, you know, production, production, you know, line production, all kinds of forms of production for many years. And so, you know, culture, meaning like, you know, events or, or whatever in the moment is happening, like that, that's kind of how I see myself. A producer is a producer, you know, it's like you make, mm-hmm. make stuff happen. That's what producers mm-hmm. do. Right. And happen. so I kind of, that's how I see myself. Um, and what do you do? So with Tracksmith, I'm the New York city community manager, which essentially means like I am in charge of how Tracksmith interacts with the New York city community, the runners, okay. um, how we show up with partners, you know, it's, it's marketing. It's, it's a little bit of production, marketing, all all of them wrapped up into one. And so, you know, I run, I organize the run club. I do the events, you know, now that we have the shop, I do all the events at the store and, you know, and just figuring out ways to interact with the community and and how Tracksmith shows up in New York and who we are and what we're doing. Um, But really engaging for the most part. And it's cool because like, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a people person for sure, you know, extrovert, but, you know, I think, it's it's almost bringing all my worlds together in a wild way. This this just this job because it's like it's the production part, it's the events, but it's also the running. It's also it's weird to, and I and I you know it's not lost on me like the I'm lucky to be in a job mm. that brings all my worlds together at this point in my life and career. You know, so yeah, it's cool. How do you manage that with like black roses and everything? Like that is it like totally separate groups and like right. making sure you have time for it all. And so, yeah, it's funny. Like yeah. it's, it's a juggle. Right. And like when I first started, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm still training myself. And so it's funny. Like I had to figure out, like when I first started, I was just like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to, you know, Tracksmith is going to do everything 
track, you know, we're doing, I'm doing, or like, you know, I had this in my mind that I was going to be able, and it's like, no, like you have to, there's other people, like, no, everyone's not training for marathons. Everyone's not like, so I had to like separate it and like kind of find my own rhythm in terms of training on my own and that with mm. my group. And then, but now I found, I found the, I found the kind of like the connection. So, you know, we, we train as a group in terms of like the long runs and like the speed workouts and everything. And so, and, and, and my coach Knox is the one who writes the workouts for Traxman. So like, it's all kind of oh, like, okay. you know, similar in, you know, in a lot of ways and the people love it because like, we're doing, you know, weird roses things, you know? And so like people <laughs> are like into it, but, and now my, the GM of our retail shop in Brooklyn, Traxman Jeggy is one of my teammates. And so like he and I okay. are kind of like, you know, doing a lot of this stuff together, which is really cool. So yeah, it's, it's a juggle though. Like, cause I, I do have to like sometimes make more time. Like if I'm at the track, I only want to be at the track once a week, but like sometimes I have to be twice a week, you know, and I gotta, gotta I do the Traxman group and then I'll train, you know, with my group or something. So yeah, I, I, I make it work somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So we have to talk about the hot water tracksmith got into with the post on basically like they posted and it was a picture of jock and Catherine Switzer. And it said like, this isn't a joggers race about Boston. Yeah. I was one of the people that kind of thought like the outrage was a little bit blown out of proportion. Um, but I just want to hear like from the brand side and from you personally, like, all your feelings about that. Yeah. So it was funny because I went through a, a whole, like I, I kind of went through different waves of it, right? When it first happened, you know, it, to be transparent, I was just like, ugh, more annoyed because I <laughs> have to public face. And yeah. I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. as a it, it, Public facing is, it, it is already exhausting, right? And so I was like, oh, is this going to affect, you know, how people look at me? Like I work for Tracksmith. Mm-hmm. Like how is that going to, my relationships? Like I went through, period where I was just like, you know, mad about that. Cause I was just like, is this affecting me in terms of the actual post and the quote and everything? Like, yeah. I mean, it's, and I also understand it's Instagram. Like it's a, it's, you know, we, we already know it's a vacuum. It's just like, and, and the piling on and all that, that's just what Instagram does. So I wasn't as taken aback by that. Mm. Cause I know that's the culture of social media. It's a machine. But it was more like, how does it affect real people? Like I didn't mm. want anybody who comes to our runs to feel like, we, you know, me are not, don't care about them or don't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like just at the, at the root, like if that's what was happening, you know, it's so like, I, I read every comment. I was there, I was reading all the comments. I saw people I knew in there, like commenting. I'm like, oh man, like, you know, do I look crazy? So I went through that. And then it was kind of like, all right, let's take a step back. Let's think about Instagram. First of all, you know, it's Instagram. Let's let's not yep. let's not make it more than what it needs to be. And like yep. you can't take that personally. All these people going in. It's that has nothing. It's not you. It's like it's Instagram. So mm-hmm. then I went through that. And then you know, in terms of the actual post and the quote, like you know, sure there was a lot of missteps. Like we didn't need to post the picture of Jock. I mean, there's like the a picture, lot of other yeah. things we could have done. You know, better with that post. You know what I mean? Even the, I mean. If you if going back into the whole the politics around the singlet, like I mean, we do a Boston singlet every year, but yeah. obviously this year was charged, you know. Did I think uh-huh. it was the best timing? Probably not. But like, you know, on the same end, like I'm in the co- at the company, so I know that the same amount of like, you know, emails and stuff that we're getting every day while this thing like Instagram's on fire and then we're getting emails, like, hey, how do I buy the singlet? I wanna buy, I wanna gift my, you know, my my sister. And like, you know, people 
it, it is what it is, right? And so I, you know, again, it was I, I think it was ill-timed in sense of in the sense of like people had just not gotten into Boston. It was emotional, you know. Mm-hmm. In terms of the, the the politics around, you know, this is not a jogging race. I definitely don't think I think that part was well overblown. Like I don't, no one, you know, the, for people to internalize that to feel like Chuck Smith is saying we don't care about you. Because, you know, if you don't run a certain time, like I get it in terms of like, you know, elite elitism and like, you know, in, in the mm-hmm. sport. Right. And like, you know, Tracksmith kind of like furthering this idea that like you have to be at this level to be, you know, a runner. But that's not true. We all know that's not mm-hmm. true. Right. You're a runner because you, if you run a marathon, if you run anything, you're a runner, period. Right. And we yeah. all know that. So like. Totally. Why would you let a brand like kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that was that kind of, for you. Yeah. Like that was kind of weird to me, you know, but then again, it's social media. And so like people were using that to kind of get their, you know, feelings about, I don't know, their own running or whatever out. And I get it. Like, I get it, you know? And so I was in support of, you know, people feeling like they were less than, and I, and I, in any conversation I had, I kind of had to, you know, let people know, like, that's not that's not the sentiment and that's not certainly not my politics, you know, but also I can be honest and say, like, I don't find anything wrong with the BQ. Like I don't find anything wrong with having to qualify for a race. I don't, and I don't think it's just because like I've done it. I think it's the, it's just a matter of like, this is all of our, we all do this for fun, right? Like you don't have to run Boston. Sure. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to get your six stars and all that, but that's all a choice. Like we don't have to do any of this. Like, so you can't be mad about something that we all do for fun. None of us are, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't look at it as like an exclusive thing that, that, you know, and maybe historically speaking, of course, women couldn't run and like, we know this, right. But like now, like, I don't look at it as a, a bad thing. I think, I think it's just one more race that, that, that we all, you know, want to run or maybe not, you know? And so that part of it was a little tricky for me too. Yeah. I know I said on Relay, I was like, can we just have one race that we have to qualify for? And like, it's all fun and games. Like, it's just our hobby. Like, this is a running race. We're all amateurs here. <laughs> right. Right. But right. Exactly. We are. And we are. And like, you know, and then and if you run Boston, you run it. It's like, there's, what, there's ways to run Boston that you don't have to qualify for. It doesn't mean that it's not as valid. I, I guess yeah. it was just like people kind of taking that and running down the road and thinking that was the messaging. It was like, no, like you're a runner because you run. Like, that's. You, you, no one can define that for you. You know, that's what I kind of wanted to tell everyone. Like, look, no yeah. one define that for you. Don't let anyone define that for you. You know, right? Okay, I, I have a question of your yeah. thoughts on this. Um, because I brought this up. I was talking to Sid Baptista about it yeah. in Chicago. You know Sid, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, I figured you did, and I like. You know, I got myself into hot water because I had posted this Instagram post that said like I think the women's standard is a little soft. And I just kind of did it or for the for the Boston. For Boston, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. I th- I just said like compared to I think compared to the men's standard, it is. Yeah. Okay. You agree? It is. The men's standard and is fast. Like that three hours, like that's three to three thirty. Yeah. Like that's a huge difference. So I made an Instagram post about it, and people like they were mad. And really? I think a lot of people's comments were like, "It's about equity." Like. They have it slower on purpose so that more women, so that it's an equal amount of men and women that get in. Right, right. Which I get. And I also am like, but I want to be held to their standard. Like, I want to have to run as fast as the men. And then it's also an equity thing. Like, but women have more barriers because of babies and and work and all these things. And I I get it. But like, I don't know, just personally, I wanted it to be as hard. Right, Um, right. 
That's so, but then I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I valid points people made for sure on the equity side of things. But I asked Sid about it, and he was like, because he said he saw the post and people had sent it to him, and he was oh, like, yeah. "Don't attack her, leave <laughs> her alone." <laughs> um, but. He was like, well, I think one of the issues I have is that it is one of the six stars. And so, like, you either have to qualify or run for charity. And then, of course, there's the argument that, like, raising $5,000 is a really hard thing to do. And for some people, it's not feasible. Sure. Sure. And so then they talk about, like, people have talked about, like, adding that, like, small lottery. So I'm just curious, like, what are your thoughts on that in regards of, like, the six-star thing? Because then it, like, kind of takes people out of that if they can't raise the, raise the money or, or qualify. I get it. Like, I totally and, – and they're right. Like, they're, it is, they're, that is a barrier, right? Because it is hard to raise money and, like, if you're not running the time. Um, but on the other hand, I think, like, this six-star thing – I mean, the, star, the, the Abbott star thing is, is – I mean, personally – I, I don't connect to it really. So mm. it's hard for me to kind of opine on, you know, the importance of it. Um, I just never really connected to it. Like I don't, I don't really either. I, I don't. don't really yeah. So like, so I much. guess it's hard to kind of talk about it cause I don't connect to it. So like, I can't mm. really have an opinion on whether it's hard or, you know, whether Boston should have a lottery because people are trying to get their six star because I'm kind of like, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, but I get people who are on like, you know, I know people who got in the star and they're so happy and like, you know, but like, I don't know. Like it's not, I, I just don't connect to it in that way. So it's hard to to imagine being that upset about it. Like, you know, and I'm not, I mean, that sounds terrible, but like, oh, no, you I don't know. Out. Like, I, I think it's a great goal, but like it's at the end of the day, it's a star. And also like, you know, that's those six stars require a lot of energy and time and money. And like you traveling to Tokyo, like, I don't know. Like it, maybe you it, can raise five thousand dollars. That's what I'm saying. And is that terrible? <laughs> but like, uh, that's a big trip. Like, right? Like, you know. So I, I, I kind of feel like that. What I know about those Abbott stars and like all of it, to, all that we know that it takes to to even get them when you when you enter get in a lottery or what, however you get into those races, it's tough to be like, oh well, Boston is the barrier because of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, you're I, paying $5,000 to go to Tokyo and run 1,000%. 1,000%. So, okay. Like, wait, so yeah. we can't really be mad, you know, at that? Yeah. And like, I don't know. These are valid points. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't want to have this like elitist mindset either. I think it's really fun for adults to have a qual of race they have to to qualify 100%. for like it gives us goals and maybe some people won't be able to I'm coaching someone who's not going to do it she doesn't she's not even ever I don't think she's going to try to do it she's raising the money though like yeah. she wants to run Boston and she's she raising wants to run, the money she wants the experience right cool yeah 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 okay thanks for having that conversation with me oh, it's course. like I forget how thanks for asking fire- I love talking yeah. about guys. people don't really ask me that much so I'm like oh. yeah I mean it's like people get fired up about this. Like people get like it, take it real seriously. And, and I get it, but I guess I don't know how to make a semi-controversial comment on social media. because <laughs> I feel like people took it as a personal attack that yeah. I said the standard should be tightened. And I was yeah. like, no, it's not a personal attack. It's, just it's my, not. It's, a, my it's just like, I mean, that's you being a competitor being like, you know, I want to run the same thing. Like, sure. You know? And like, you're right. Like, why yeah. not? I mean, this is a big, it's a huge difference like huge you know yeah and even at 40 I'm like kind of similar to what you were saying like I want to run 
I want to run the the thirty under time. Right. I want right. to run that time. Like, wanna I want to have to run that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That, there's nothing wrong with that. And then I think about it. I'm like, okay, well, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, but you're, you qualify for Boston. You ran 252. Of course, you would feel like that. But I'm like, yeah. well, I mean, but I didn't, I wasn't always there. You know what but I mean? You did like, run a 406 or whatever first, it was. Right. My first BQ was 345. And that's because I went up in age group. I wouldn't have even mm-hmm. qualified that year. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. let's be clear. Like, this is not, you know, yeah. So, you didn't go jog your first marathon in 250. Right. Right. Like, I was trying to, I was out there from the beginning, like, trying to run fast like in my mind you know yeah yeah um okay last tracksmith question mm-hmm. what's your favorite piece of apparel like what do you if we're gonna buy one i've never bought anything from tracksmith but really? I'm gonna buy one thing what should it be the brighton base layer okay that's my favorite piece and it's actually our best seller too like i wish i had something more interesting to say but like it's my favorite it's just you know it's soft it's cozy i wear it running i wear it not running like it's just like a really cool piece and like you know it's it's I would say that that would be, if you're going to buy a tracksmith, that's the one. Okay. Got it. All right, Erica, what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? I would like to, for, professionally, I think I would love to produce like a uh, fashion show, something like, you know, in fashion, like, you know, like a, like an actual like runway, like produced show. I think like I said that. fashion? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Like, I have okay. this, like, I have, like, the my, you know, this, this, this job is like the closest I'm going to get to my like fashion dreams. But like, you know, as, a, as <laughs> I, I always thought I would have a, a job in fashion. I, I love it, you know. Mm. Um, so that I would love to do something like that. And then personally, something I would love to do. Um, I, I think personally, like, just with, with my running, like, I, I, I still want to run. I mean, I still want to run faster. I still want to see how how far I can take this. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, I, I've I've been on this train and like I'm doing my thing, but like I want to know, I want to see how far I can go. Like, if that makes sense, like how how fast can I run at this point? Like, how how you know how much longer am I doing this? How how mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, I guess so. That's one thing. Like, if I say I've not done it, like you know, I want to run two forty five. Like, maybe you know what I'm saying? Like. I'm putting that out there because like that's mm. just in my head right now. But like, could I do that? I don't know. Maybe, you know, at 50, maybe. Yeah, 51. I think so. Yeah. How do you not get burnt out though with like training upon training upon training upon training? <laughs> I mean, well, this year it's funny. Like I didn't sign up for Boston for the first time. Like I feel, already feel FOMO. I, uh-huh. I don't want to sign up for any spring marathons because I kind of okay. like, I'm like, I think because the December race, I was like, you know what? I want to train for a quick, a half, fast half, uh-huh. or, you know, just something I can't do because I'm always Boston, Boston, Boston. Uh-huh. So I think, yeah, like I, my, the burnout thing is like, I'm kind of like taking like 2024, mm. the first part of 2024 is like, okay, we're, we're switching it up a little bit. I'm mm. not going to just jump right back into the training for Boston. I'm going to do something else, something different. Half training though, you're probably still going to have to you run still really hard and, and really and far. <laughs> I know. It's just not Boston, right? It's yeah. like, like yeah. I'm still going to run a few halves, though. Yeah. You don't have to run 22 miles. For your exactly. Run. Exactly. Uh, what's the best, most recent book you've read? <sighs> Started, because I don't read nearly as much. Actually, I did read um, uh, Running While Black by Alison Desir. Um, I was part of a book club. And like that's the thing that's going to force me to read, right? Until I, I read that. Um, I thought it was great. And it was, it was a great book to be part of a book club with, right? And so um, the other book that I've started that you know is still ongoing and thick is the autobiography of Miles Davis. And I've been okay. trying to read that for a long time. And that, you know, that's uh-huh. in and out. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I love to do an autobiography on Audible. Yeah. Just because I don't, if I'm going to do any kind of book on um, audio, the yeah. autobiographies are the best. Because you're hearing stories. That's kind of, that's how I listen to, to Running Wild Black, honestly. Like, uh-huh. I, I oh, you did it on Audible? Like, yeah, I read some of it, but I listened to most of it. And like, yeah, it's like she's telling stories, right, about herself. I'm like, it's, it's so, it's easier to kind of digest everything, you know? Did you resonate with that book? Like, did you feel like as you were reading it, like, this holds true? Some, some, yeah. you know, I think her experience is a lot different than mine. So I think I was, I kind of read it like a memoir, like, Oh, this is some, even though she's a runner and she's an activist and all those things, like it's it's very different than mine. So like, it was almost like I, I treated it like a, I I found myself thinking of it as a memoir, like her story. Okay. Okay. Um, what kind of music do you listen to and what's the best, most recent concert you've been to? Ooh, I went to a jazz show last night, actually. It was oh, nice. <laughs> it was Ahmed Abdullah and Isaiah Collier. And it was a jazz show, free jazz, right in my neighborhood. Um, that was the last show I went to. My last concert was probably, I went to a Nas concert in February oh. at the Garden. So that nice. was fun. Yeah. Do you go um, with your kids? No, that, that okay. night we didn't go. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't, I, would, I don't think I'd take them to a rap concert just yet. Yeah, no, not yet. Yeah. If you could have coffee, tea, or cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring, who would it be? Ooh, fun, motivating, or inspiring. Would it be some? Is it living? Not living? Doesn't matter. I Whoever. think I was. I can't like get away from this answer. I've been asked this before, but like I think I would love to go to coffee with my high school mentor coach, who's no longer with us either. Now, right now like me doing this, this running, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I would love to know what he thinks about all this and like his advice and what he would have to say about the marathon. Yeah. Is this Fred? It's, yeah. Fred Thompson. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. What's your last message to leave with the audience? Um, last message to leave, like keep going. Like, you know, I'm assuming you have a lot of runners and a lot of moms and a lot of like, you know, folks that are out here just like, I mean, not even to have I any mean, chasing goals, but like just getting out there and like, you know, keep going. Like it's, 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 you know, everyone's journey is different and like you, no one, no one can determine what that is for you on any level. And you've got to find your joy in it and your spirit and like, keep going, keep at it. Cause I think what it brings, what, you know, what running has brought to me, like, you know, I can't, is, is immeasurable. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for everybody, and if it's not running, it's something else. Like find your passion, find your joy in something and like stay with it because it's just, that's going to be the thing in the end that, that keeps you going. Thank you, Erica. Thanks, Lindsay. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Erica, for coming on the show. You can follow Erica on Instagram. She's estanley.dott over there. You can find me. I'm Lindsay Hine 626 on Instagram. I'm on uh, threads as well. And X, Twitter, do we call it X? Anyway, I'm Lindsay Hine over there. And you can sign up for our newsletter at sandyboyproductions.com if you want to get the show notes with all the links to sponsor discounts and information we talk about in the episode. Go to sandyboyproductions.com, click on the all have another tab and we will get you signed up for the newsletter. All right, friends, thanks for being here. I hope you're having a great start to your new year and we will see you next week on I'll Have Another.